You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales, David Flowers, William Gibson. Hey, guys. Hey. What's up? Hey, Mike. All right, so... Here we go. Let's jump right into results. NASCAR iRacing series. Um, Tuesday night practice. We actually did a practice race, uh, which uh, Chris, you hosted that up, and that was kind of good. We're going to try to do that again tonight. And then Wednesday fixed uh, P10 for me. I ran 20th uh, to 15th, basically, most of the race. Got involved in a couple of deals, but no real damage uh, somehow. It was like a lot of good luck. Uh, I don't like the dive bombers. Man, those guys that just fly into one underneath you. They break so late. It's like, how do they do that, you know? Um, but a good result. I'll take a top 10, man. I, I It was neat that I was able to work my way up to 10th at the end of the race when it actually counted. Well, that's just it, Mike. They don't. They dive bomb you and then push you up out of your lane, and if you survive, good on you. Yep. Yeah, kind of like uh, that Alex uh, Bowman incident when he was about to win Phoenix. So, uh, Chris, uh, you had a caution fest, is what I wrote down about yours, uh, P14. Yeah, 17 cautions for, uh, I think, 67, 68 laps. It was a nightmare. I was just trying to learn the track and couldn't hardly get enough green, green flag racing all week to even get that done. But um, a friend, John Hammer, uh, jumped in and was crew chiefing through part of that race and helped out a lot with some adjustments he made on the car and just helped me drive the track. So that was much appreciated. Um had a pretty miserable week there at the track, but he, he helped uh, a lot that race. Yeah, that was interesting. Will, you, you were uh, crew chief in, uh, early on, and Dave, you were kind of spotting, and uh, it was an interesting race. Uh, you, you know, I think mine got done a lot sooner than yours, and you had more cautions. Yeah, there was a, it was just one of those caution things, and Chris, I think that was the fixed race we ended with, like, 20 out of 22x and there was really no incidents where i would really blame chris at all it was people would like spin above and turn down into him and he did a great job saving the car a few times and just it's um it's just really tough i think i think people just get a little too aggressive too early and don't realize the length of the race um but all in all it was it was good. We recovered a lap. We went a lap down at one point, um, used some strategy to get the lap back, and was able to keep the fenders on it at the end. There was hardly a scratch on the car, just some of those, like, net code 4Xs when somebody comes down. Just really odd stuff. Yep. And talking about incidents that are not your own, uh, Wednesday open, uh, I was 16th with 10 to go and got DQ'd out of the race, uh, got my 22 incidents, which is the limit. Uh, most of that was not my doing though. You know, I was, I got ran over coming on the pit road road once, uh, other times it was other people's mess. And so I felt kind of robbed there. I was, I think I was looking at another top 10, but, uh, the stupid incident limit caught me off. And, uh, Chris, you ran as well. P 20 for you, a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, they've there. It was a rough week. Yeah, with in two races, I had uh, thirty-eight incident points. And yeah, Will and and David were watching one of those races, and like they said, I I dodged as much as I could. It was just a, a couple of those races were a nightmare. Thursday yeah, open. Uh, Greg Hectus, he got a P seven. Good job, Greg. Yeah, I ran uh, Thursday open as well. I was running at the same time as Greg. He his race had a lot more cautions. Mine actually ran, for the most part, caution-free until, like, wouldn't you know, at the last 30 laps. Um, I was top five most of the race. I actually led 10 laps, and I did a bad pit call because I'm I'm never up front. You know, go figure. 
And so I ended up back in, in third, got around third, came second, and then just there was just nonstop cautions. Plus, iRacing needs to fix these these restarts because the the guy that was in first, I mean, he was a good racer, but he, he would check up the field and then he would go and then he would stop and then he would go and then he would stop. So like Well, that's protestable. Well, I Either way, I couldn't get a good enough run without possibly getting black flag. So that's kind of how he won that race. And then, you know, we got another late caution. So he won it via caution. And it was just like, really, guys? Like, Well, I mean, how would iRacing program that in? I mean, how much is too much and that kind of thing? I mean, I... It is protestable, and if somebody in that room should protest that, you know. And so that's the only way to keep the racing clean is if people know, oh, I could get banned if I drive, drive like that. You know, you're supposed to keep a consistent pace, you know, that the pace car was before it pulled off. Yeah, he, he didn't. He kept, I mean, he was doing that all race when he was in the lead, but thankfully he he was only in the lead like the first 20 laps and then unfortunately when it mattered the last lap so all right well i'll, I'll take the p2 i that's the best race i've run and i that set at phoenix was amazing so that was uh friday night i believe you got the p2 right or you got no, it that, twice that, no it was thursday afternoon. Oh, was me it? and greg okay. ran at the same time all right well good run i mean that's the matches the best of the team so uh congrats on that and that's a good run chris so you got p18 thursday fixed yep yeah just more of the same just uh another uh kind of wreck fest all right and then sunday open early in the morning tyler conroy teammate p2 in top split actually so a great run for him and he sorted out his pedal issues. He's back on the V3s with some kind of... He made them stiffer somehow. He just put... Um, he he got an extra set of, of the rubber bushings and put them on his uh, throttle pedal. That's that's the, was the big thing. Okay. Uh, so final race, Sunday fixed. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I was like sitting at home waiting for the race to start. I didn't really have anything going on and... Had dinner and all this, and came sit down, and everybody's in here, and Dave's like, "Where you been?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm getting ready for the race." And you're like, uh, "The race started an hour ago." So the daylight savings time bit me. Um, I live in Arizona, and we do not observe that, and so that means the NIS races are 7 p.m. in the winter and 6 p.m. in the summer. And uh, I forgot about that, but I don't think it's the first time that's happened to me, though. So we don't change time, but it does affect me because now my races start at a different time than they normally do. So it's kind of uh, put your head around that. But anyway, first time I've missed a race like that in a long time. Uh, Greg... Uh, he got a P P18 after multiple incidents, got a lap down and lost many more laps when black flagged by someone staying on the track, not up to speed. And then, uh, Chris, you got a P16 as well. Yeah, another uneventful one, just riding around trying to avoid stuff. All right, so what about uh, next week? What do you guys think uh, we're going up to here? California. Are we ready? cars all over the place will and i were doing some testing earlier uh we were using the the vrs set um james had tweaked it a little i tried the original vrs set the original's too tight james's set was kind of all over the place it was tight in loose in snapped off it so me and me and will changed shocks that kind of helped a little bit but we're we're still trying to figure out a setup it's just the track runs a lot like Michigan, but the guys that manage to run the very bottom seem to do the best. But just it, I, I swear that track's just like Michigan. You can't run the very bottom. Not uh, the so, bottom bottom, right? Yeah, like not not one groove up. It's 
it like like how you do with Michigan. I I don't know. I just I'm trying to get a handle on it. Yeah, it's um it's an older surface, so it's almost it's not as bad as Atlanta, obviously, but it doesn't have the same grip level Phoenix has and you kind of are are on a tightrope of going into the corner because you want to carry as much speed as you can um, while still keeping it towards the bottom. And then you got to have enough time to get it to rotate to get the power down off. And we um, we made some improvements. Um, just wasn't fully comfortable. But I think when you get out there with more cars, it would be neat to see how the pace falls because we were definitely able to pick up some time from the practice times we were seeing. Um but yeah, it's it's a definitely one of the trickier tracks, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, plenty of room, um, not so much coming off of turn two, more so off of three and four because of the way it kind of is a D-shaped and arcs out. So you could carry a little more momentum and kind of work it up to the wall. Um, but the problem is it's just you're right on the edge of breaking loose at all times. So if that thing comes out from underneath you and you're in the high groove, you really have no room to kind of catch it. So um, I think it... A night race here would be really good, I think. I think the day race, depending on the temperature of the room you're in, is really going to affect how many cautions you have. Um, I'm hoping we get some cool rooms this week and I will put some good laps in. We'll have the uh, some practice time in the practice race tonight to um, you know, get some track time in. So we usually don't have that going into the NIS week, so hopefully that will help us get some good finishes this week. Yep. Every time I'm on that track, uh, it's real weird. I always going down the back stretch out of uh, out of two. I look over to the left where uh, Greg Moore actually passed away uh, in a kart race there, where he uh, flew in head first into the wall on the inside. I think I do the same thing at Las Vegas where Dan Weldon hit the fence. Uh, did, have you guys ever done anything like that when you're out in eye racing and you think about those things, or maybe at Daytona as you're coming towards a checkered line you think of dale earnhardt yeah i was gonna say daytona yeah i actually do that i've done in the the sim and in real life yeah it's kind of eerie i get the same feeling um new hampshire with um adam petty passing away i was really young but i knew he was like gonna be like the next big petty and, and kenny Irwin there yeah it just gives you an eerie feeling sometimes for sure yeah yeah, I was thinking about Greg Moore when we were talking about California. But uh, all right, let's get going. Uh, teammate uh, Phil Gary uh, dropped us a link to a league he runs in called RivalryRacing.com. Check that out. Uh, they run on Thursday nights, fixed racing trucks. Uh, everyone runs a college football paint scheme, apparently, and that's their thing. So if you're into college football and truck racing on a Thursday night, check out Rivalry Racing. Uh, let's talk Road to Pro. is skipped tonight. It'll be the trucks at Martinsville next Tuesday. Uh, tonight is the Peak Series, and there's been a preview put on the iRacing website uh, about the race and talking about the favorites uh, going in. What do you guys think about their favorites list? Ray Alfala, Bobby Zielinski, Kenny Humpy, Matt Busa, or anybody on the Richmond Chaos crew? You know, I haven't followed the Endpass ser series long enough to really know a whole lot. I know Ray Alfala, obviously, is kind of the king of the sport, but um, the fact that Bobby Zielinski got his first win there, that's a difficult track, and he's with the best of the best. I'm kind of going to put my money on him tonight, I think. I mean, just as a rookie to win that race, that's... I'm going to say probably one of the tougher tracks on the sim, uh, especially when you get to a high level. And I uh, hopefully he does good and should hopefully be a good race. Yeah. Let's see I, if uh, one of these uh, guys from the Richmond team go steal another one from these other guys. It'd be interesting to see. Yep. And uh, there's also an article on NASCAR.com, actually, written by none other than Steve Lavender, who is the founder and owner of tradingpaints.com and uh he's really funny on twitter too uh, he put up a power rankings list of the nascar peak antifreeze guys uh, number one bobby zelinski two ryan lusa three logan clampett four ray alfala five mike conti six christian challoner and so on and uh 
getting lots of traffic over at NASCAR.com. That's pretty cool that uh, they're getting it on the website. All right, let's jump into topics. Uh, Will, you're first. All right, so we got the 2018 Season 2 schedule uh, sometime last week after the patch. A couple changes here. Um, The rookie dirt street stocks are now for rookies only. So they kind of match the traditional street stocks. IndyCar fixed oval and combined road series are now going to use the new IndyCar. Makes sense there. Uh, The Proto GT series is now going to be called the Fanatec GT Challenge. And is going to use the GT2 Ford GT and GT1 cars. Um, Fanatec also is going to be the title sponsor for the Global Challenge series. Uh, we also got some news about the new title sponsor for the World Championship GT series, as well as the new iRacing Le Mans and iRacing Le Mans Endurance series as well. So, um, nothing super crazy change wise. They added the new dirt tracks to the Dirt Oval series, except the rookie class which I think is a good thing. Keeps those guys from having to buy more content. But yeah, so just some some of the highlights of all the new things coming to this season. Yep. I think the big thing that caught me off guard was the rookie dirt street stock is now all only rookie. I was still running in that and trying to become not be a rookie, even though my license is not a rookie. Um, I was still running that and feeling, you know, I still haven't really won a race in that car so i was a little bummed that i'm forced out of that series but that's okay i guess you know i feel the same way about the asphalt one i did a lot of dirt content when i first got on iRacing got my a license in oval because of dirt but then i wanted to practice asphalt and i couldn't do the rookie street stocks um so i kind of feel you there it's kind of a bummer because i think having it open to everybody gives you a a bigger field of cars so it's going to be split a lot better because i know you and i've run in that mike and i was a couple splits ahead of you and it's a completely different race depending on what split you're in yeah so i think taking people out of it because of their license i think it's easy enough to get out of rookie license it really narrows the field for those series yeah some other items too were that uh all dirt series c and up are heat racing now and single-file restarts in USAC and Midget Series. I could definitely say that is a great idea. Um, I don't know how many... It's, the USAC cars aren't as popular as I wish they would be. The 360s and the 410 non-wing sprints. And I've done a lot of Midget races, and those things definitely need to be single-file restarts. So I'm really glad they made that change. Um, definitely a really good thing there. And I, I don't know if it's just me or my perspective because I'm not really a road guy, but it feels like there's all these road series that just completely overlap each other. Am I wrong? I think so because they mentioned the 2018 iRacing VLN Endurance Championship. Um, I don't recognize the name from any other season past. And it, I feel like there is a lot of overlap. Um, obviously, yeah. they need to have different series, but... It's too confusing. Um, if you well, the VLN is kind of a one. I, well, you got to remember, VLN is just the Nurburgring track only. They don't go to different tracks. Okay, see, I thought I might have misread that, but yeah, no, that's what's unique about that. So, but you got that, and you got the you know Lama, and then you got the IMSA and everything else. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't even keep track of it. Yeah, yeah it's. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, no, I was just saying I, I don't really road race much, and it's something I want to get into one of these days, but being somebody that's not uh, a real big fan, from the outside looking in, it's super confusing. As it seems like I know um, you know, a, a handful of series which direction I'd want to run if I want to run in pretty much any other series, but when it starts, when it's the uh, oval road stuff, or the... Uh, the asphalt road stuff is just it's just confusing to me. It seems like they have too much going on. And I think now you get the blank pain too, and uh, and and that brings it to the next thought part. Is Tony Gardner did post that they did have an agreement with the SRO blank pain, which included among other things 
naming our iRacing GT3 series an official blank pane series. However, after discussions, we have mutually agreed to move on from this agreement effective immediately. And so uh, they have announced that we are no longer involved with the blank pane, apparently. Yeah, they announced that fairly early in the morning that day. And then I would say about three, four hours later, Max, they announced um, VRS or the Virtual Racing School is going to be the new title sponsor for the um, iRacing GT3 World Championship, as well as the other, I believe, Blancpain type series. So it just is rebranded as uh, BRS, right? Instead of Blancpain. Correct, yes. Well, it's cool to see Virtual Racing School has the funds to actually put, do this and actually sponsor that series. Uh, there's cash uh, or $10,000 in prize money each season, so there is money being paid. Pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder how much of that they back and how much of that iRacing backs as far as the prize pool goes. No idea, but... Like you said, it is. it does get kind of confusing with all the different series. Because, like, I know the new American Le Mans series, for example, they, they made that for the, P, the P1 prototypes. So you're going to have the P1 prototypes, the, the P2 cars, and then the GTEs. So that's, that's different than a lot of other series. It, it, I don't know. They, they do have a ton of different series. It does get hard to follow. They really need to make... A B class endurance series and an A class endurance series, or a C and B, and separate the better cars from the lighter cars. I think that would minimize a lot of the confusion. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. Um, more news, though. Um, we got a complete restructuring of the Dirt Oval license. Um, so they changed it quite a bit. They dropped the Legends rookie class from a 40 lap race to a 25 lap race which is great because those races were way too long. Um, as we mentioned earlier, rookie street stocks are rookies only. Um, all street stock series are now fixed, both rookie and C-class street stocks. All C-class series will include heat races and no time trials. If a series has uh, heat races, they won't have time trials. Um, all splits will contain 22 cars with only 18 making the feature. Except the midgets and the 360 non-wings. Those will be a 20-car max split with 16 to the feature. Um, a couple of license changes would be the UMP modified. And the 410 non-wing car is a B-class. And all World of Outlaw series will be an A-class. Um, it looked like they initially were going to make the USAC 410s A-class and B-class for the 360s. But there was a little backlash in the forum and they kind of reverted those changes back. So that was kind of what changed on the dirt side of things. I think I think it uh, ended correctly um, with which cars are the A and which ones are the B and whatnot. I think they, uh, I kind of agreed with that backlash in the forum, and uh, you know Steve Reese, who's all over the dirt stuff, uh, he piped in and said, "Yeah, I'll talk to him about it." And sure enough, they announced the change immediately. You know, within a day or two. I would disagree just a little bit. I think that the non-wing sprint cars, especially the 360 and 410, are probably the hardest things to drive that I've driven in the sim so far. I think they deserve to be a class higher, but I think the biggest problem is participation is so low right now that by making it A-class, you're hurting that even more. So I think it's one of those things, I think the car deserves an A-class license to drive, but... There's not enough people driving it now with a B class. It's just statistically proven that the higher a class, the lower the participation. Yeah. Um, Which means that series is probably going to be dead in a couple of months. But yeah, and that was part of the speculation. Yeah. Yeah, it's already on the verge of death right now. It's like I try to do a few official races and it's really hard to find them. The Australian time zone slots are actually the best time to get a good race in. Um, and I feel like they've definitely made the car easier than when it first came out and more realistic. But it is definitely one of the tougher cars to drive. Um, so it's kind of a shame that it's in the spot it is, but it is what it is, I guess. Yep, pretty cool. And um, 
then a more official documentation on the new Dirt World Championships as well. Uh, 10K to the winner with a total of 16 in cash prizes and 2,050 in iRacing credits. World Outlaw Series runs on Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, alternating between late model and sprint cars each week. Aha. Uh -huh. That's different than what we said last week, isn't it, Will? Well, this is going to be for the World Championship. Oh, okay. So the, Not, the, the one we yeah. talked about is the qualifier, right, that they're running soon? Yeah, so this is going to be the actual championship itself. Now, they didn't give an official start date, and you could speculate it obviously is going to be at the end of the qualifier series. But I think it's really nice they actually alternated weeks rather than the stacking the races back-to-back. -back. Right. Because um, I that's think that's really odd about the other one. And I kind of took that because they both mentioned both series would be Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And, like, there's, like, a small subtext in the late model documentation that mentioned, like, alternating weeks. Not using that language, but just... So I kind of speculated a little bit there because that's the only way they're obviously going to make that work. Um, but also we have the GRC which are going to be running at 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights. And that seems like it's going to be week in and week out from what I could tell at the moment. Yep. So lots of stuff there. All right, well, I'll take the next one here. Uh, we got post-patch bugs, a bunch of audio issues. Uh, we're piping up on the forums uh, throughout the week. Uh, you know, we had uh, audio cutting out on the new LMP1 cars. Uh, we had street stock issues with the dirt street stock. Um, I heard something really strange during my uh, NASCAR racing where at the end of the straightaway, I heard somebody hit the wall. And I look in the mirror and nobody hit the wall. And I look ahead of me and nobody's hit the wall. But it sounds like it was right near me. And so I've even experienced this. Uh, did you guys hear it at all? Yeah, I heard it several times in my race and Chris's. Yeah, and I'm not sure. So I've raced a, a ton, and I never re really figured it out for sure, but I'm not sure if it's a sound. What it sounds like is somebody hitting the wall, but I'm not sure if it's caused by somebody else on the track hitting the wall. Or what I think it actually is, is your car bottoming out. So when you hit, like, the apron or something, when you just hit something just right to make your car just scrape the track, it makes that terrible sound like somebody's hitting the wall and scares the heck out of you. Yeah, that was one of the threads was a crash noise from bottoming out. Um, that's what some people were reporting. Now, the guys from iRacing said they've, they've fixed it. It'll be in the next patch. Um, and uh, David Tucker did uh, put up some interesting information. I, I wanted to read this about the sound system. Um he said, to be clear, the sound system is not 2008. We potentially have more. We have many thousands of sounds playing at one time with every sound modulating its pitch and volume. Many of those sounds pull randomly from a pool so you don't hear the same thing twice. There's a lot more we could do with sounds. Sound in all games are miles behind graphics. But this is not Cruise in USA. We are actively developing the sound system. And in fact, I spent the last five months building a new piece that is going to allow for a lot more environmental sounds, in addition to being the base of the crash and scrape sounds going forward. And so he's got been working on a new sound system. Uh, I forget the name of it, uh, but it's a different uh, method of doing gaming sound. But, uh, yeah, it's actively being worked, you know. And uh, But they got some kind of bug in this latest one. Yeah, there was a couple people speculating you're hearing another car hit the wall when you think you're scraping. There's a lot going on there, and uh, hopefully they get it resolved because that is a eerie feeling when you're doing something and you hear a hit because um, that's part of, like, those audio cues that kind of give you that immersion. And Like, there's a lot of times where I'll get hit and hear it before I even feel it in my wheel sometimes. So those audio cues are huge, and if they get that two out of whack, that's going to be no good for anybody. Yeah, and it's neat that I hear that they're actually trying to improve the product, too, and they're working on something new. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out, because uh, 
when it goes wrong like that and you're hearing that sound over and over when you shouldn't, it kind of points out how bad the sound is to begin with. So if they could improve it on top of getting the bug fixed, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think some of it might be related to what they're working on as far as the new damage model goes as well. The way stuff is registering, they mentioned a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay, Chris, take the next one. Yeah, it looks like um, some members were reporting uh, slow download speeds. Uh, multiple members were reporting having issues with the iRacing downloader going excessively slow and or freezing. Staff member Nicholas Bailey posted a thread on how to solve the solution alongside with uh, Randy Cassidy sharing a little on how the iRacing systems work. And pulling up that post now. Yeah, I thought the title was hilarious. It's called The Downloader is Refuse. <laughs> he must have been from the UK. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where they put the, the refuse in the bins. Is that right? Right. They have the bin. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't had any of these issues. I mean, I've I haven't had either. some uh, some downloads over the past couple of weeks with the big patch and stuff. I mine kind of went off just fine. I know it was fairly large, but uh, aside from that, it it just clicked away and was done in a few minutes. Yeah, there was a couple nuggets here. I'm going to read a quote from Randy Cassidy. Your downloads will, while updating your iRacing installation, do not come from www.iracing.com. When you're logged into the member website, you're not connected with www.iracing.com. When you race, the sim is not communicating with iracing.com. That is where our non-member website is located. It's the Amazon cloud. So I didn't know. I don't think I actually realized that, that we're not connecting to that particular domain. Now, does that mean when we're having server issues, is that the amazon cloud or because i was a little confused by that i don't know maybe they when they have these patches and the bigger downloads maybe they're just sticking them out as a file someplace that we're grabbing them from instead of just you know connecting to their server like we do during a race maybe that's why you get like the separate downloader well we know they have servers in multiple places but they could all be through the amazon cloud you can just kind of lease rent those you know as needed and i think that's where all our stuff is so i so to answer your question will i do believe when you race you are connected to the amazon cloud huh yeah let's see i don't know that's that's all a little too complex for me but i do know um i spent i mean i pretty much had a playstation my whole life and they've always had complaints about slow downloads and they utilize the amazon cloud as well if i'm not mistaken so i think it's People expect it to download as fast as their download speed goes, but I don't think these Amazon cloud servers are letting the information out that fast. Is kind of what I've heard um, with the PlayStation issues, which sound similar to some of the issues people are having here as well. Yeah, and they did post up a, a procedure to get some logs and stuff to send to iRacing, so they can figure, so they can pass it on to Amazon to figure out what's going on. And so a lot of different people who were having problems did that and provided that information. And hopefully they'll get it straightened out. Uh, I have not had a problem downloading. It's been fine. All right, next up, uh, news for uh, Tony, who's not with us. I think he's out camping for spring break. But uh, Steve Myers posted up some Camaro, Camaro news for the new A-car on Twitter. He said, we have a booked a reference trip for March 6th. Uh, excuse me. We booked a reference trip for April. So likely late summer is when we will get the car. Yeah, he posted it up on March 6th. Sorry about that. <laughs> I see. But that kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so I mean, now we're looking at late summer. That's halfway through the year, guys. Yeah, might as well just hold off and give it to us at Daytona next year at that point. Wait for the Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, um, I think. I think Brad Kozlowski mentioned Ford is supposed to have a new body next year. So, I mean, I know they mentioned NASCAR wants this done. I think NASCAR needs to implement something like, hey, if you come up with a new body, we need this data for our promotional sim racing, like all of that. That's 
Well, yeah, That's and they're going hit. to uh, the composite bodies next year too, aren't they, Will? Everybody? So are they going to have to go back and rescan for that anyway? I mean, besides, are they once they get it, we get the uh, new Camaro, are they just going to have to switch it again? I don't well, know if they have to rescan for this composite. I mean, they, they really look the same. I mean, I watched that transit. They didn't do that when they did that in the B car, so... Well, I think that the biggest thing the composite body is going to affect if they want to get really technical would be the damage model. Because um, at that point, you're crinkling up carbon fiber or fiberglass of some sort versus bending sheet metal. But I, I that the body transition shouldn't be too big of a deal. It's just it amazes me NASCAR approved this car to race competitively at its highest level, but doesn't have any kind of scan of it. Um, I just that seems a little odd to me. That they can't share that with iRacing on their end. Well, I think there's multiple things they got to do. It's not only the CAD drawing, but which I think iRacing has, but iRacing needs to have a personal visit with the car. You know, they need to put hands on it, so to speak. That's where they're waiting for April. That's the trip that they got scheduled. So they finally got it, you know, scheduled with the team to put their hands on a car. And so that's what we're waiting for. And most teams didn't want to give them that opportunity because they were so scared that something would get out that way that other teams would take advantage of. Yeah, that's the uh, inference, yeah, that you can kind of summarize. And if you kind of look at the timing of it, um, obviously Daytona is their biggest race of the year. It's a new car, so they're not going to want to do it then. And then now they have this uh, West Coast swing. They're at Vegas, Phoenix, California. Yeah, they don't want to do it then. Because they're it's busy. Gonna be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good amount of time before they even really have a chance. So um, I feel like hopefully Ford and NASCAR take advantage of this if they do come out with a new body next year ahead of time and plan ahead. Um, I would really love to drive the Camaro. It's, I think it's an amazing looking car. Um, but it, it really doesn't affect a whole lot of the quality of racing iRacing has, just the uh, details of it more than anything. Well, the other part of it, when you know, we know the NASCAR teams are looking at getting more involved in iRacing, you know, on a bigger scale. You know, don't you think Chevy, Toyota, Ford are going to want to be, you know, have some involvement, maybe even sponsorship? And Chevy's not going to like it when you know iRacing says, "Oh, we yeah, we don't have your new car." Yeah, good point. Yeah, if they're really pushing that, that's something I think the manufacturers would want to hop on top of for sure. Um. The only thing I want to know is, like, what happens to the current Chevy SS body? Do they just scrap that thing, or? Yeah, just like an old track. Yeah, it's just an old car. Just like the Gen 5 car. Yeah, stick make they... it the Carb Cup car. Yeah, Carb Cup, yeah. That's the Gen old NASCAR. Hmm, okay. All right, next, uh, Will, you got it, 12 hours yeah, so uh, there was some issues with the 12 Hours of Sebring special event. Um, people were getting kicked across all servers um, and all splits. Um, it was not looking good. Um, 24 Hours of Daytona had their issue right at the start, but it, once the race got going, it seemed to run okay. But this was throughout the race, and it got to the point, actually, Race Spot posted up like, hey, we're no longer going to broadcast the rest of this race because it's causes issues for them it causes issues for the drivers and there was a some discussion of what was causing it if it had something to do with the replay improvements they made with the patch um but it got to the point where they actually canceled the second running of the race so anyone who was really planning to run that later that later race or in the australia new zealand time zones were kind of um unfortunately left out so it was um, kind of a black eye for iRacing and these special events. I know my first special event was this year's 24 hour, which had its own bugs, but this seems to be an issue they've had in the past and it still persists to this day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, lots of reports that replay has something to do with this. So like if you got into the race and you touch the replay controls, you got booted or something like that. And that would make a ton of sense if that's why Race Spot pulled out broadcasting it because obviously you got to play with those controls if you're doing a broadcast. So 
And then other times people would get out of the car and it would crash immediately as soon as they get out of the car. And so there were different things that were going on. So it was a big, big issue. And as far as I know, they have not uh, fixed it. They obviously know about it because they canceled the second event. Now, I can't remember the last time they canceled an event. Yeah, it sounded like the right thing to do if they couldn't get it to work right, but that's really disappointing. I mean, they've had enough of these um, big events and enough problems with these big events that they should be able to get this stuff straightened out by now. Yeah, because, I mean, even back with the 24 hours when we were trying to get in, it, it definitely took an extra 10 or 15 minutes longer than normal to get into the to, to the event. But then everything else went off without a hitch, so I I kind of thought this type of stuff was in the past, but I guess not. Makes me wonder how Lamar's going to go with the new um, day and night cycle. Yep. Well, it's interesting for sure. Um, they should have it done by you know fixed by now. Obviously, you'd think, but you know, this was a pretty bad deal. Kind of glad, David. Maybe your car didn't work out. That you guys didn't have to experience all that. Yeah, because I I even apologize to the to the endurance guys. I just school has been a lot uh, a lot a lot of work for me lately, and I, for some reason I was thinking the iRacing service. I got it in my head that it was next weekend, so I was thinking we still had time, and they were like, "Oh no, it's uh, this Saturday," and I'm like, "Yeah, guys, sorry, not not gonna be able to run this, but I'll do a better job of that." Is this part of a championship at all, this race? because No, no it's just part of the many special events that okay. they do. Because yeah, if it was, that would be a big problem that two events are scheduled, some guys ran one event, the other event got canceled, and if you were just planning on running the second event, you really got screwed if there was points. Now, this one seemed all about bragging rights, so um, it's still a shame. It's, I think... When I first heard that iRacing had these special events, like I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, and it's still really cool, but to have this level of issues um, makes me glad I didn't like plan to do every one. So. All right, Chris, you're up. Yeah, this next one comes from a forum post. Looks like uh, Steve Reyes posted uh, that the... 31330 gallon fuel option on the dirt sprint cars from the last patch is going to be changed or it was found that people were able to finish feature events with the 13 gallon option. Uh, Will, do you run these things? Yeah, so dirt racing right now, um, fuel is a huge factor, especially the sprint cars because there's the such a light, they're such a lightweight car, so all that fuel adds up and they've talked about getting lap times more in line with real life with fuel burnoff and they know there's an issue there so what they did to kind of remedy the problem is they put a, basically a qualifying a heat race and a feature event fuel setting so three la uh, three gallons of fuel for qualifying 13 for a heat and 30 for the main but what people were doing is they were running 13 gallons in the main event um and depending on the number of cautions you had could really tilt tip the favor into your advantage because that actually, I mean, at 17 gallons, that's that's tremendous. You're talking two to three tenths a lap easy. But so, if you have a bunch of cautions, yeah. So if you you take a risk, I mean, I can't think of a single sprint car race I've done that hasn't had at least one caution. Um, but yeah, people were definitely gambling on that and having a huge advantage. So they decided to pull the 13 gallon option. So now basically you have three gallons or 30 gallons, which. It is what it is. I wish they would turn caution laps off, change the way the field burn affected, so you could actually kind of plan for that. Because I think it's it's smart, and I think it's a great level of immersion to be able to calculate your field to the exact amount. Because it it is an advantage, and it should be. I know I worked with a sp sprint car team for a while, and what typically happens is they'll have what they call like an open red. So say somebody flips later on in the race and they know it's going to take a little while to get the car off the track. Track will go red. You can go out. You can add some fuel to your car uh, to make sure you have enough to go all the way. Um, iRacing doesn't have that, so their solution is to overfill the cars, which it works. It just takes away from the funness of it because the sprint cars drive completely different depending on how much fuel you have and how fast they are. 
Yeah, it seems like they could have just made it maybe like a three ten thirty option. That way, those guys couldn't make it the whole way, but you still have that that option. Well, I wasn't aware of this until like a week ago. For whatever reason, under caution, the sprint cars just don't burn fuel. I don't know if it's like a thing they uh. put into it. So it's even if you had ten gallons, if you had enough cautions, which in dirt racing, it can definitely happen. It's no fun, but it happens. Um, where you have, say, 15 laps of caution, only five laps of green flag racing, you could get away with even seven, eight gallons if you were lucky or smart. <laughs> huh. All right, well. All right, next one up is uh, Jim Foose posted up in the forums. Uh, why does Pocono look like it's been abandoned? And he shows a picture of the wall in turn two, and it looks like it needs painted really bad. Uh, uh, did you guys see this picture? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it looked like they went and scanned it, you know, like it looks the rest of the time, the rest of the year before, and it's not a race weekend when the paint's all chipping and everything. Yep, the paint's all chipped. Yep, that's what it looks like. And uh, Greg Hill from the staff uh, wrote, this, that's not what the texture looks like. It looks like something unintended is happening perhaps related to track dynamics, as Nick suggests, we'll look into it. And so they're uh, figuring out why it's doing that. When I first saw it, I thought the trees were growing through the wall, actually, um, just because all the foliage there in the background, it it looks funky. I don't, I can't imagine that being what it actually looks like. That has to be a glitch of some sort. Right. All right, Will, what's next? So we had got a iRacing video today. Um, no new content, but they did kind of go over team racing. And I believe that was, shoot, I'm going to say Thursday, Friday that came out. And I think it was more in preparation for the 12 hours of Sebring. But they just explained um, team racing is free. You don't pay to be part of a team. You don't pay to create a team. But you could team up, work as a spotter, work as a crew chief, share driving roles. Uh, it was a nice little one-minute video. Kind of went more in depth for... Probably those people who just don't know team racing is a thing in iRacing. Yeah, it's a good intro lesson. You know, this is what it's about, and this is how to do it. It's almost like a tutorial video any other game would have. Um, but it was done as a YouTube. They posted it. I believe I saw it on Instagram and then again on Twitter. So it was a nice little video. I wish they would do more of those for different other aspects of the sim that people just aren't as aware of or little things like that because not everybody knows this kind of stuff which is really nice yeah and videos are so easy to learn from too so all right yeah. speaking of video we got a funny one put in the forums by armando vargas it's called the flying phoenix outlaw uh, where he put a youtube uh, montage together of the phoenix international raceway with the a car and some of the shenanigans that happen uh, with the crashing and wrecking and piling up. And at one point, uh, a car hits another car and goes airborne. And he plays the song, you know, the R. Kelly, I Wish I Could uh, Fly or whatever the song's called. And it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I got get some serious air. <laughs> yeah, he almost like fully clears the car in front of him. He like locks the brakes up. Guy behind him gets into the back of him, and he just like bunny hops over one of the red cars yeah. and into another. So completely bunny hops an entire car. Yeah, I think we've all been rearing it like that a time or two, but none of us have been hit like that. Crazy video, but uh, check that out. Uh, search the forums for the Flying Phoenix Outlaw. All right, uh, Chris, what's next? Next is a forum post from Tyler Hudson. He posted, "Let's see those cushions." We're anxious to see what to see what people see, feel, and think. So let's see those cushions. We advise starting the track state at zero percent. Some tracks do not have a cushion and a high usage starting state yet, but we want to see how they build from a natural progression. We want to see what type of cushion you can build up. Post pictures, videos, time lapse, whatever. In posting, let us know what car, track, number of cars, etc. More details, the better. We're curious to see how it works with different cars, tracks, and track conditions. Good luck. Happy Cushion Day. 
Have uh, any of you guys got to check out the new cushion yet and see if it's actually working the way that we we're all hoping it would? I need to. I haven't. I've seen videos of it. It looks like it works. It's just you want to spin the, the car ever so slightly so like your back tires get up on the cushion, but your front tires stay in the slick so you can still get around the, the track and not lose your momentum. It looks hard as hell to do. Well, it gives you, like, a nice little ledge up there. I haven't done any, like, longer races, but even in some of, like, the shorter races and practices I've done, you could definitely feel, like, a little extra lip there. Um, but one thing, like, the picture I've kind of posted up here on the YouTube feed, if you look at the right rear of that lay model, that's a new damage model for that rear quarter panel. Um, so it kind of gives you a, a good shot of the cushion and kind of the new damage model they're working on, but... When I've driven it, I haven't driven like a longer race yet, but you could definitely feel it there even with a 15, 20 lap run. So definitely moving in the right direction. Really happy. What's neat about that picture is the you can see the chassis underneath the body and how the body doesn't match what the chassis is doing. You know, all four tires are making contact, but that chassis is all jacked up to one side. Uh, pretty cool looking how realistic it looks. Yeah, they're they have that left rear planted there. I know um, that's right a, like a big old cushion. spring, right? Oh yeah, no that thing that thing's getting the power down. He um, that's a one of the better shots I've seen, and the tire cuts through the track a little bit on the left rear. But and if it wasn't for that, you'd almost not even be able to tell it was a simulator. All right, Will, what's next? So Team Redline um, posted their lineup for the Grand Prix World Championship on Twitter, and they posted some photos of some beautiful-looking uh, McLaren F1 cars, um, all of them sponsored by Fanatec, and identical paint jobs other than the color itself. So they have the same scheme, but these are some really beautiful F1 cars, and um, they look like they're ready to go for this World, Grand, uh, world Championship for sure. Yeah, and the lineup... Uh, a who's who, Gregor Hutu, uh, Freak Shorthorse. Remember, he was the world uh, uh, ga- fastest gamer uh, winner, uh, Freak. And then the Jacola, uh, and then Ali Pakala. And uh, all those guys are just the bomb. I mean, they are the guys who are going to be up front. And they got a, they got five potential winners there. That's crazy. Yeah, I was aware of the first two drivers. I don't know about the other two as much, but the, yeah, their lineup, just the top two there, I mean, those are yeah, Pacala the best was like in the world. third this last year, and I think second the year before or something. Yeah, this other guy, the uh, the Finn racer, I can't say his name very well. Alexi Usi Jacola is his name. And I think he's new to Team Redline from from what I think. I don't know much about them, but uh, pretty cool. I love the paint jobs. They really look good. All right, next up, iRacing announced the winner of the T-shirt design contest. Congrats to Juan Lopez for winning. Man, what'd you guys think? And it was, the, the feedback from the community was brutal. I don't think people thought this should be the winner. I'm on, kind of on board with them. I mean, I, I can't design anything. I can't really talk. I can't even draw, you know, a proper stick figure. But I thought the short shirt was kind of. It doesn't of have an iRacing logo. It doesn't say iRacing anywhere on the shirt. I don't even get it. I think what makes this so bad is when they first announced this competition was right during Chili Bowl. So you had the Christopher Bell, the Kyle Larson iRacing shirts, which looked phenomenal. And this isn't a bad shirt. I just feel like. You're right. It doesn't mention iRacing. And it's like if you owned a store, this would be like the fourth or fifth one on the list. It wouldn't be the number one shirt, in my opinion. Yeah. So to for our audio listeners, I'll tell you, it's got triple monitors. Basically, I mean, it looks like there's three boxes, but you can tell they're monitors next to each other with a steering wheel in the middle. And right below it, it says high-speed internet. And that's it. A blue shirt with white writing on it. It's a good conversation starter for somebody who doesn't know what sim racing is. 
But I would say it's a great sim racing shirt, not a good eye racing shirt. Right. Um, no offense to Juan Lopez. I he probably just submitted his design. Probably didn't expect to win. Was just having a little fun with it. Not to say anything bad about what he came up with there. It's just if I feel like if it went to a community vote, this wouldn't have been what was picked. And supposedly it was a vote, but uh, yeah, I'm surprised. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I would probably wear the shirt, but it doesn't say iRacing. I, it's not what I, everyone expected. And people on the forum said it too. There were a lot of people with negative kind of comments. In fact, one, the one staff member piped in eventually and said uh, something to that effect. I can't believe that there's negative commentary coming because of a contest for a t-shirt, you know, and but uh, anyway, if you want it, check out blipshift.com. I think some people were hoping that it'd be a cool shirt and they'd end up selling it and then we'd want to buy it and wear it. Nobody's going to want to wear that shirt. <laughs> well, even if you did wear that shirt, it's not like people would know, is, is that, what, what is iRacing? What, what are you wearing? You, you know? well, yeah, at least you'd have to explain it. And, and just like Will said, it might spark a conversation, but that's the only way because you're going to have to explain that weird shirt. All right. Uh, Will, let's have you take the Oculus story next. Hardware and software. Gotcha. Yeah, no, this is... Um, I'll click over here on my YouTube thing. Um, yeah, so this was actually one of the first topics that popped up after the update. Um, I was affected by it, but there was... Right at the edge of the field of your view, on your left and right eye, I got like a blurring screen. Um, some people mentioned they had black bars and... They were really quick. Uh, definitely going to shout out to um, the iRacing team and all, all of the community. They dived in really quick to figure out what was causing it. And it was it had to do with the new encoding. Um, I believe with the video replays, how we could export it as an MP4 format. Um, basically, Derek, uh, Derek, and what's his last name? Derek Holland and Tim K shared their INI files and kind of compared the differences until they narrowed it down. So that was actually cleared up fairly quick. Um, and actually, that was Wednesday morning, so I was kind of writing this up and taking notes. Fixed mine and was ready to hop on. And my Oculus didn't register, so I didn't think anything of it. Just restart my computer, went to run Oculus, and it had a runtime error, which I'm not the most computer-savvy guy, but it's like, this is weird. Tried a couple things, uninstalled, reinstalled it. All of the Oculus worldwide actually went down because they let an ex a Windows certificate expire. So I didn't get to try the fix until actually this morning because I had some other stuff on my rig I was working on. But yeah, there was a small update with Oculus in the sim and then a worldwide problem with Oculus. So, so wait a minute. Out, so, what do you, so Windows lost the driver for Oculus because of a certificate problem? It wouldn't let you... So there was an update with the Oculus software that had an expired certificate. So it would run, do the update in the background, but then wouldn't reopen. Um, and it was just the software. But Oculus won't work. Like, I can't launch into iRacing with my Oculus without the Oculus software open. So that's kind of what caused that issue, which had nothing to do with iRacing. iRacing had a little bug, which... People were on top of and fixed right away, but I just jumped in like, cool, I'm going to fix this because I noticed it, especially in the LMP1 cars. And at first I thought it was just like a, they narrowed the field of view, gave you kind of a better sense of speed because it was a little blurry right at the edge of your eye. Um, okay, so I'm confused. So there's two different issues. There was an issue in the sim, but then there's another issue worldwide that where Oculus wouldn't work on anything. Correct, yes. Okay. So the... The SIM issue was resolved right away. It was just uh, something you had to adjust in the I and I fall file, and the problem went away. But later that night, all of the Oculuses went down because of an Oculus issue. Yeah, so. and that was 24 hours. So if that's your only means of racing, you weren't racing for 24 hours. Yeah, I've been working on my rig, and I haven't taken... I My dad does upholstery, so he's going to reupholster my seat, and I race all the time in my free time, so I was like, I'm not going to take it apart it gave me a chance to work on my rig so there was some pros to it but yeah all of all wednesday i couldn't drive um unless i switched to the monitors because yeah. all of oculus was down and people were working around it by adjusting their system clocks 
but Oculus didn't really recommend that, and I didn't want to mess my stuff up more than it already was. Wow. Makes you think that you need a backup system, you know, for that Oculus. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's so reliant on that software. I mean, even though it's hardware you purchase, it's basically a paperweight unless their software is turned on. Anybody out there that needs a seat reupholstered, uh, holler at Will's father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, it looked really, really good. good. Re- I yeah, love the really colors. Seat, Will. Oh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been... Because I got the Aboto and I just haven't messed with it because I always... It's like my computer desk. I sit in it all night for the most part. And when my Octus went down, I'm like, well, perfect timing. I get to get this thing fixed. And then my dad took a week to get it done because no rush. But the next morning I woke up and Octus like, our stuff's fixed. I'm like, well, I guess I got to wait till my seat's done now. But yeah, no, it was a, a long week for me. No, no fun racing until this morning. <laughs> all right. Next, we're going to jump to iRacing uh, and iRacers in the real world collide. Uh, this time, again, we have another week where RCR posted up Richard Childress Racing on Twitter. Uh, this time, their driver, Matt Tift, uh, going around Phoenix in their iRacing simulator. And uh, he talks about how to get around Phoenix and kind of gives you uh, some some how-to about braking points and whatnot. So, Pretty cool they, they're doing this. Looks like they're doing it weekly now, so... I still have a problem with his uh, his visual setup. They got triples, but they're only running it on the center monitor, and their FOV is really messed up. I almost feel like they're doing that to make to capture the footage, because um, there's no way they have to race like that. There's just no way. I I really feel like that's something they. It's do. just so they do it when get it on video. You mean? Yeah, because if you had the proper field of view and were just capturing the center monitor you wouldn't see anything around you. Right. So I think they put it in the middle monitor, back the field of view off, and then capture the footage that way. All right, Will, you got final topic. Yeah, so we actually had a really nice tweet from Christopher Bell praising iRacing. Um, he posted, Well, I've never been to um, Auto Club Speedway before. Good news for me, iRacing has it available. A great tool to help get prepared for tracks I've never been to before. So it's kind of cool to see Christopher Bell shouted out. It's almost like he's plugging for a sponsorship or something. <laughs> yeah, he's on there. I mean, uh, we ran with him the other day on the new Sonoma GRC track, uh, Phil Linden and I, and he was quick. I, I think I talked about that last week. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize Christopher Bell – Probably hasn't been to all the NASCAR tracks, uh, but yeah, this will be his first time for California, I guess. I think it was nice that he was so vocal about it. Um, he's been doing really good there in, in the Bush Series or the Xfinity Series, and it's knocking on the door for a win. I would love to see him win in Fontana and shout out iRacing and say, hey, like you've never been here before. What's going on? And he'd be like, hey, it's on iRacing. Um, that's the best publicity they could get right now. Yep. All right, very good. Let's go into final thoughts. Chris Scales, what do you got? Uh, shout out to Spencer Tart. He's a fan of the podcast. I was in a, a practice session a couple of days ago, and he said hi. So if you're out there listening, Spencer, uh, how's it going? <laughs> and that's about it. Um, I'm looking forward to Auto Club this week after a, a long week last week. I think this will be a nice... Um, nice uh, relaxing um comparison and then we have to get ready for martinsville next week so enjoy it while it lasts yeah and uh yeah you need a top 10 so hopefully california will be better for you than phoenix was all right david flowers final thoughts just getting ready for california me and will are trying to get a set that works and everything we've got the cars just all over the damn place this week that's all i got all right and william gibson final thoughts uh, i just actually um kind of same thing chris did i want to shout out uh one of our youtube listeners Corey Ryder. he um had some really nice stuff to say i unfortunately lost 
the thing he sent me. Um, but he had really nice words, so I appreciate you guys out there watching on YouTube and help and support the podcast. I um, had a lot of fun today. It was nice to be able to drive. Not having my rig set up for a week was it was a long week of work. So I'm excited to be driving it again. Had a lot of fun today working with uh, David. Found out some really cool stuff. Had some good testing. And I don't know, just the team's clicking right now. Everybody's working hard. It's really motivating, and I'm excited. It's um, it's really good stuff right now. So. Glad oh yeah, we, we have a great group right now. Yeah. Yeah, glad we didn't prep too much for the twelve hours of Sebring, so that would have that would have sucked. But altogether, it's been a it's been a really good start to the NIS season. Really, really fun. Yep. Yeah, I wish for better res- for far as far as my final thoughts. Yeah, I kind of wish for better results. I mean, I had a good week at Daytona, but the rest of the week so far have been kind of how I run. You know, twentieth to fifteenth, and sometimes I can get a top ten or something. And uh, but man, that getting DQ'd out, you know, near the end of the race because I have too many incidents from other people's crap. That just burns me the wrong way. That was a bummer. And then the whole thing with the daylight savings time really caught me off guard as well. But uh, we'll we'll be ready at, uh, to race at 6 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock local uh, starting tomorrow. And uh, we'll go from there. Don't forget about our social media, guys. Uh, you guys, reach out to us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play Store. Everywhere you can get a podcast, you can find the iRacers Lounge. Uh, with that, we'll see you. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.